This is episode number eight of the Physical Therapy Business School podcast. And in this episode, we're talking all about how cash PTs can quite literally cash in. There has never been a better opportunity to be a cash pay PT. And in this episode with Aaron Labauer, I talk to you all about how you can take advantage of that opportunity. Welcome to the Physical Therapy Business School podcast. My name is Paul Goff, former professional soccer physical therapist turned successful business owner and author from the UK. Each week, we answer your questions and bring you an inspiring story or person from the global physical therapy community. This show is dedicated to helping great physical therapists become hugely successful business owners. Thanks for joining me today. Now let the class begin. So let's get going with episode number eight and um, before I dig into the show and tell you more about it and and introduce um, my guest on this particular show, I just wanted to say, uh, obviously I've had a week or two away from um, recording a podcast. Um, In the last two weeks, um, my second child has arrived in the world. I am now um, the father of a beautiful baby boy, another beautiful baby boy, um, and this guy is called Tobias. He's called Tobias Keith Goff. Um, he arrived into the world on 16th of August 2016, uh, just a couple of weeks ago at the time of recording this, uh, at a very healthy weight of £10, um, two and a half ounces um by uh, c-section you won't be surprised to hear so uh as i left it in episode number seven i told you that i was um just about to give um or, or just about to be a father for the second time so in the last two weeks that's happened and i'm ecstatic to announce um tobias's arrival into the world and he's fitting in lovely to um to the family dynamics and home and my first child harry um is having a very interesting time figuring out where he fits now into the whole dynamics of the family and it's um it's really really cool to watch but i'm happy to report he's healthy uh his mom's doing great harry's doing great and we're all just ecstatic and um and happy and uh, lots of people are impacted in such a cool way so um there's one thing uh, about new life coming into the world it often gives new life to the people who are already here um the uh, power and the joy and the inspiration that that you know other family members get from a new arrival is just second to none and it's just a really cool time to um to be uh to be living through right now so happy to announce that so um and and thank you for everybody i've had tons of messages and lots of people asking and stuff so thank you i just wanted to share that with you um before we dig into the episode so this is episode number eight and i'm ecstatic to be sharing it with um a guy called aaron labauer so aaron if you don't know who he is he is one of the um like the best uh of the best um most forward thinking um an advocate of change in the pt profession worldwide he's a cash pt he's incredibly successful he is um definitely at the forefront of the movement that sees more uh, pts coming out of school and establishing their own cash-based practices he has established labauer pt in greensboro in um, north carolina i've been to his premises um fabulous he's got a yoga facility pilates i think his wife is a yoga or pilates studio as well and they just run an amazing um facility over there and, and serve those people in greensboro in incredibly well and Aaron came fresh out of college um, started his own practice having originally been a massage therapist um, so he you know had his original experience and then dived into the world of, um, of physical therapy and wanted to impact more people um, in a different way so he opened up his practice 
He's done incredibly well, and now he supports and helps um, other physical therapists to run cash-based businesses. So, uh, like I said, I've been to Aaron, I've checked him out. I um, have a client, Dean Volk, um, a very close client and dear friend of mine, Dean, who has Volk PT in um, in, in just outside Charlotte in Harrisburg. So, uh, on the Tuesday evening after spending two days with Dean, um, I took a trip up to see um, to see Aaron, and he took me out for dinner, and we just had a great time and connected well, and we realized that we both had something very in common that um, we wanted to help impact as many people as we could and um, push forward the change that is just so desperately necessary in the physical therapy profession and the change that is now giving people uh, like myself and like Aaron and you know all you guys listening to this podcast today an opportunity to be successful business owners in spite of maybe not having the contacts or the you know the the, the foot in the door if you like with the doctors particularly if you're a cash pay PT because we know that um, doctors don't always we share our enthusiasm for the service that we can provide and the impact that we can have on people um, and we know that doctors are more interested in the financial element of um, the whole thing rather than the outcome of the whole thing which um, sooner or later they're cotton on to one day that patients do actually give a crap um, more about the outcome than the money it costs to get the outcome Anyway, so this is an incredible interview that I did with Aaron recently um, he has a feature in his um, in his program called the Cash PT Lunch Hour and I went on as a guest and Aaron had a lot of questions for me to answer uh, and I literally just give it to him both barrels. I didn't hold back in anything. He asked me a lot of questions from how I built my business and um, what I understand about marketing and why I think there's now a huge opportunity for cash pay PTs all across the world. Uh, mistakes I'd made and stuff that I'd done that I you know, maybe wouldn't do again. Um, and just generally my uh, philosophy is laid out on the line about you know how I run a business, why it's so important to have the right staff around you, um, why marketing now has never been easier. It's so easy to find our patients. There is a lot a lot a lot of information coming your way right now on the next uh around about 59 to 60 minutes of this podcast um sit back enjoy the show take your notes and um hopefully implement lots and lots of stuff that you're about to learn enjoy i am just gonna introduce my friend my guest um one of my mentors someone i'm learning a ton from uh his name is paul goff um paul called me up or contacted me like on Facebook about, it's almost been about a year, I think. And he was like, hey, Aaron, um, love what you're doing. I'm gonna be in Charlotte. Uh, would like to hang out and um, come see you and talk about, uh, talk about some things and just meet you. And he was even like, I'm gonna drive an hour and a half to Greensboro to come see you after work. And that went so far, like making a huge impression on me. Um, a lot of times people come in, they're like, I want to, I want to meet you for lunch. And we go out to lunch and they don't even pick up the $10 bill. Um, and, and Paul drove all the way in from Charlotte. Really, he came all the way from the UK to say hello. And, uh, that was just really awesome. Paul, um, owns, uh, a cash-based practice. He owns four buildings, <laughs> four buildings, uh, four practices in the UK. His competition is free. He is a former professional soccer physical therapist, um, which isn't as glamorous as it sounds apparently. And, um, and he's, uh, really like a genius at, um, content marketing and he's won an award from Infusionsoft, which is the granddaddy of all, um, content email marketing, uh, programs and services. And so I just excited to, um, share with you and introduce you guys, Paul Goff, Paul, um, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here. My and pleasure. I really thank appreciate, you. I really appreciate it. 
thank you for having me yeah it's and and thank you for the introduction and i remember the trip well to um to come and see you and I, i've been in that exact room where i'm obviously communicating with you uh now so i i flew in to see a client in um in harrisburg and i remember that it was the tuesday afternoon i was two days into the trip and um obviously my biological clock as i get to you is always five hours behind and i remember driving along that highway getting to you at about three o'clock thinking like this is going to be like driving home is going to be such a nightmare and that two hour drive back to my hotel in harrisburg from greenborough um was just like i was driving with the window down the radio on like ipod in like mints in my mouth everything trying to like trying to stay awake because it was 8 p.m your time or yeah. nine o'clock your time I remember you took me to that that restaurant which was fabulous it was eight or nine yeah. o'clock your time and it was like 2 33 in the morning for me and obviously jet lag to hell the, the trip across and stuff but it's all part of the journey and it's all part of the um you know the the entrepreneurial kind of quest if you like and um the the journey that I'm on, if you like, is, is you know, I love business, I love marketing, but um, from the moment that I've kind of got into this stuff that I'm doing now, it's got a lot bigger, faster than I thought, but my intention all the time was to, I, I want to meet people. Like, I love the American people, and I love America, and I couldn't think of a, a better way than to, to kind of see America and travel around America um, than to do it meeting people and, and interesting people along the way. So I'm very lucky, very privileged I, I've been able to do that and, and meet people like you and you know tons of other people along the way and it makes the jet lag and the flights and the trips and everything else that i do um just they're just a non-event I, I don't even think about them i just you know it's just something that i have to do to achieve what i want to achieve which is um to help people along the way but obviously from a selfish point of view to meet people and, and create lifelong friends which is um certainly yeah. happening oh yeah totally yeah definitely um yeah i mean i feel the same way it's like uh you know and a part of it is that I think you were mentioning earlier today on the other calls, like the technology makes the world so small and um, just to be able to connect with you and, 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 feel, you know, like even we sit down in person, but online, you know, just have like that same kind of mentality and same focus and same thing. It's just like, Oh, there's someone else who gets what I get. Yeah. And that's just so really cool. The internet you makes know, that possible. Everything. And that's, that is, you know, we, yeah. we've never, despite everything that's going on, there's positives and negatives of everything that's happening in the world right now but i don't think there'll ever be a bigger positive than what we're able to do right now you know me and you've had dinner in the east coast of america and we've had dinner in the west coast of america in in anaheim and, and whenever we speak it doesn't feel any different whether we're speaking through skype or through google or face-to-face -face over an indian yeah. you know restaurant so yeah. it's uh yeah it's pretty cool times and if we use them and we and we look at what is possible not what we think has been taken away from us by governments or insurance companies or whatever uh you, you pretty quickly realize that anything's possible and, and the only thing that'll stop you is time like that's the only limit you know to, right. to your life basically yeah yeah totally so why don't you um give give everyone an introduction um a little bit about how you get into physical therapy and then okay. how'd you so i want you to just go like how'd you get into pt like how'd you know you want to be a pt how'd you get into private practice and what was it that it triggered you like to make this huge change in your practice yeah okay so my background i love sport i'm a soccer cricket is our you know my, my family's big sport cricket and soccer so i always was kind of there or thereabouts as a as a player in both of the games and could have i was kind of like almost to, to play both and, and realized i i was probably more educational um you know i was more education based than than i was probably going to be a professional athlete so i looked at it and thought right the the best chance i've got of staying around this type of thing is to be a is to be a physio i was always interested fascinated by the body and things that went wrong with the body and was asking questions from a young age so it kind of became i think i did i had three options it was either sports journalism 
because um, I love to write. So I, I kind of had an early love of writing uh, and communicating and broadcasting. So I was kind of interested in that early doors, PE teaching, which was, you know, again, a, a, you know, a lot of people who kind of flirt with this type of thing. It, it's, you know, sports mm-hmm. therapy, PE, physio, whatever. And then the, obviously the third one was physio. Um, and when I first set off at college, you know, we, we kind of have different type, different systems, but oh, it's all the same in the end. Um, I didn't actually set out to do physio i set out to do um i was going to go down the journalism route then after a year i realized i'd made a mistake so i had to go back and start my a levels as we call them again which was like at 16 17 redid everything passed got what i needed got into university to study physiotherapy and knew from from minute one that i wanted to be around sport so that's not really the done thing here you you go through a the pt school it is gear gearing you up for the national health service so the free system you you basically spend most of your time through school working for the national health so you're in when you've heard me jibe about you know how i use um what the bad service that the national health service gives it's because i know that they're, they're sticking most patients in front of students so we communicate that with patients it's like hey if you want to go to the national health service you're going to get a student because like that's what that's what we did you know to, to get trained so i use that in in my favor basically is my value prop um now obviously i've been through it all so went through through pt school and came out um instantly i, I did a placement with professional soccer club uh, at the time we're, we're um pretty big club in the area did that hung around got a job in the youth department worked my way up pretty quickly and then moved into one of the bigger clubs in the area called middlesbrough which are currently in the english premier league pretty big team uh, equivalent of the mls uh kind of beckham sort of standard you know so it's it's the 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 english premier league is the biggest in the world it's just the best and for what for context it's you know you i know you've got soccer there and it's it's okay you obviously you know it's doing all right but it's the equivalent of like the the, the basketball or the nfl like soccer yes. here is just like soccer is just god like it's the thing front and back every headline everything so to get a job in soccer was cool we would fly all over the country we would you know be away every weekend um running on the pitch in front of thousands of people working with stars you know some players at the end of my my time that i was working as a soccer player i was watching as a kid and like they'd come in and i'd have to do their assessments and i'd be like like I used to watch you, you know, like I used to, I used to shout at you, I used to swear at you, I used to like, I used to give you loads of like, you know, abuse because you were playing for some other team that I was, you know, my the, other than my local team. So it was amazing, and I had a great time. Learned a lot clinically. Um, what I learned a lot more than anything was um, standards, incredible standards, incredible work ethic. Anybody who's been around anything professionally, soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever, like it is relentless, like relentless. Three, four in the morning, you, you, the bus or the, mm-hmm. the plane will arrive back. If there's a guy with an ankle sprain, you're in at 8 a.m. the next morning. Like the manager doesn't care that, that you haven't had no sleep. He doesn't care about Sundays. He doesn't care about this thing called Christmas. He doesn't care about public holidays. There's an injured player, like you're in and you need to be on the bus at, at 8 p.m. and if you're not there's like there's trouble so brilliant work ethic and standards and got to um got to be around some great physios that i learned from great doctors would take every moment that i had to go and you know if a, a player went for an assessment i'd go with them drive them there myself to make sure i could learn from the from the doc who was doing the hernia or doing the spinal surgery or whatever or the acl reconstruction i'd watch them i'd pick his brains ask him so it's just relentless in my my quest for clinical knowledge in that early um phase and then um then i started to find uh private pay so or, or, or to be exact people started to find me so about four or five years in people would ring up the club and say hey i've hurt my ankle i've hurt my back i've seen that guy running on the pitch does he do private stuff and i was like hmm 
there's an opportunity mm-hmm. here. Like this little spark went off in my brain for uh, a potential second income. So I, I started doing it. And then within six months, I was like, oh, like now I have a decision to make because I'm actually financially <laughs> better off like in two hours doing this stuff than I am yeah. um, traveling all over the country. And I, and I was never, um, I loved the job, but I didn't, what I didn't love all the time was being around um because they are as egotistical as as you you, you know the, the picture gets painted. A lot of them, not all of them. Some of them are wonderful people I keep in touch with, but eighteen out of twenty of them now I I couldn't even have a conversation with them. Uh, and so I was starting to fight with that by the end of it that I enjoyed working with Mary in her fifties a lot more than I did Johnny age twenty with the ACL just because of the conversations, the attitude, the values of life. Uh, the conversations were just more like my type of conversation so it became a no-brainer in the end that as i was flying away for like two days to go at the other end of the country i was getting phone calls from patients who wanted to give me twice as much as i could 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 ever earn as a mm-hmm. physio so the, the decision in the end became a um a no-brainer so i quit um with a decent client base underneath me and set off on the journey to build the paul Goff physio rooms which is now one of the biggest private pay con- uh, practices in the country uh four premises 15 staff around about two thousand visits a month almost all exclusively private pay cash you know cash stuff so very yeah. proud of what we've achieved couldn't have done it without my incredible team um and yeah it's been it's been a ride and a, and a great journey and loving every second of it and long may it continue that's awesome was it uh so was that changed like quality of life for me kind of things um as a as an individual or for patients do you, do you as, mean? as well as an individual was it like all right yeah, you yeah. know i gotta take care of myself yeah yeah, of yeah. absolutely like- absolutely because um at, tw- at 26 you know flying all over the country was cool and we had a great time and it was like you know, probably my own ego was getting like massaged and you know people the press were ringing me asking me for updates and i'd be on the telly and people would see me run on the pitch and then i'd have my picture in the paper and you know i'd be coming out of a changing room with like multi-million dollar soccer players behind me and stuff so it was yeah it was like it was fab you know but um i'm not motivated by that in in any yeah. in any way uh i'm i'm very personal i i keep myself to myself i love i love what i do and i love the fact that that people you know know what i do but only because it, it helps me to build bigger businesses and so i was never really ever going to be um drawn to that lifestyle weekends were were non-existent driving to work on christmas day all that type of stuff was um was always going to get in the way of where i wanted to go with a family and stuff like that and looking back i realized i'm just too entrepreneurial like if you tell me what to do i'll i'll fight with you like i'll fight every I, i'm the world's worst person to like to take instructions from anyone so i'm like if this if, if if there's ever such a thing as unemployable it's me like because i just resist everything i'll challenge i'll challenge everything i want to know why like you want me to be at the tea ta- like the dinner table at 6 30 it's like can we do it at 6 45 instead you know but i i am aware of that and um it's one of my my things that i have to um you know care a little bit so yeah lifestyle and one thing i realized and still to this day working for five full seasons in professional soccer where i never got a weekend off um like when it gets to a weekend now it's just like oh this is so cool like that i can just go where i want and do what i want sometimes you have to go through that that thing first the pain of it to to really appreciate um mm-hmm. what it is that that you have and the, the life that you have you know so love it don't regret it one bit never never look back even a week later two weeks later when i quit and i seen like the pre-season pictures in the paper another physio standing in my place not once did i look at it and think like i'm so pleased you know the, the polgo yeah. physio rooms for me became my new baby and the new project that i um have kind of invested every ounce of my energy and life into ever since then so yeah it's been um it's been good 
That's really awesome. Did you, um, when you started, was it just you? And did you start yeah. like- All me? Yeah. Everything. I, I, and what I love about the journey I'm on, and I always say this to staff, one day when I look back and write the book, I can write every chapter, every single uh-huh. chapter, from answering the phone, picking up the facts, sending the texts, putting the names on the schedule, sending the bills off, chasing my money, rebooking appointments, everything like i i know this business inside out um and i've been able to build it from from scratch from a bedroom to a four premises you know well over a million dollar value the premises alone like i've been able to get involved in real estate so i you know got got used my business to buy premises so the the premises that i speak to you now i own pet like i own them and rent them back to my Mm -hmm. business so i've been able to leverage a lot of things just from being um a half decent half decent physio basically that you know that that figured a few things out that's great when you started your practice um what year was that and did you start right away as cash based or did you try to do national health service or Uh, i've never worked national health other than as a student and i'm caught now i would never get a job i'm just too like he i just be way out of the box for those guys you know you'd never you'd never get me um i couldn't sit in the same like tea room as the coffee room as them never mind like you know because listening to the shit that they come out with all day long about how bad life is and how hard done by they are and yet they're all gonna accept it for 35 years is is like the thing that i would i'd probably be fired within day one so i i've always worked privately for either soccer teams i worked for a brief period of time for a private pay hospital, which was a pretty exclusive hospital called the Woodlands. So I was always doing stuff. Even when I was at the, the soccer club early doors, we would finish at half one, two o'clock. So we were done by two. And it's like, well, I'm not going home to sit on the couch. I'm going to go and work. So I would go and work either for another club. I started working for um, Middlesbrough. That's how I ended up at Middlesbrough. I, I was doing evenings for their uh, youth team academy, which went on at five mm-hmm. o'clock at night. I was working uh, subcontracted for a, a private hospital, uh, which again was you know cash, cash pay or, or insurance. So it wasn't national health and what else was i doing i was doing first aid teaching i was doing child protection teaching for the football association of of britain so i'd kind of gone and done my qualifications for that and i started to get one or two um connections with law firms who would have rta you know like whiplash type stuff uh, road traffic accident stuff where they would send me some referrals and i would go to people's houses and and do the do the work from home so at any one point i probably had about five different jobs so i I was just always used to to working you know i didn't have kids at this Mm -hmm. point and i just literally would get up love what i did you know got got to live the dream as a soccer guy and then started being a bit entrepreneurial and realized that's where i i wanted to yeah. to, to go basically now now in england where healthcare is free did people look at you like you're crazy to try to you know start a cash-based practice still to this day it's great yeah. it's it's great i love it so yeah they they do because it's the change it's it's the fear of the unknown and right. a lot of people will accept um their adversity and their struggle over over the potential for change it's just it's just the way it is it's like don't get me wrong there's a lot of private pay practices in this country but they exist they exist on and i did as i as i as i launched originally as I launched into becoming a business, it was like, oh, I've got to now go network with third-party referrals, workers' comp-style stuff, RTA lawyers, um, mm-hmm. big businesses, fire brigade, local councils who would who would subcontract out to the likes of our our businesses. So I existed on that type of thing in the beginning. I was eighty percent um, paid for by like a HR department or a, a an agency in the middle who was you know paying the bill on behalf of a workers' comp guy or whatever. So that's where that's what it was, and and that's how most clinics in this country exist, um, because they all are frightened of the free. It's like, how are we ever going to get people to pay out of pocket and, and you know decent money 
when they've got the they've got the free option. So still to this day, yeah, people think I'm I'm crazy, and yeah. uh, I, and long may it continue. Yeah, long may it continue. So what what is it that you're able to do, or how are you able to convince patients to come and see you and pay <laughs> what a hundred pounds or hundred fifty? How many pounds? Yeah, so it'd be like ninety eight pounds, so like equivalent yeah. right now, one hundred and fifty dollars. Although since Brexit, it's probably less. So like the exchange, it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty painful for people going over over to the US right now. I gotta uh, get you to bring me some scooter parts and next time you come. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. No, yeah, no problem. We'll get them from Europe. Yeah. Um. So. If I'm allowed to talk to anybody in Europe anymore, I don't know if we can do business with Europe anymore. It's all up in the air right now. Right. Um, so how do I get people to, to pay for physical therapy or physiotherapy in a country with a free healthcare system? It's quite simple. I don't market or advertise myself as a physical therapist. I don't do physical therapy. I, I'm not, to all intents and purposes, it's just the thing that I know how to do. But what I do mm -hmm. is solve solutions to specific problems with my external marketing, my internal communication, and this thing called physical therapy is just the thing that I do and I and the skill that I have to achieve the outcome that a um, a bucket of people want to have happen. So I said this on the call, and, and the best way to explain it is if I if you know it was me and two presidents or another guy running for president, he'd have physical therapist on it. Uh, you know, I'm a physical therapist. Mine would say, I help people who are nervous, frightened, and skeptical, who have no clue what to do about their real health, are frightened about taking pills, don't want to risk surgery, fearful of losing their independence and mobility, and are looking for a solution, but are just a little bit stuck right now. That's, mm -hmm. who, I, that's who, 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 who I build a business for, and at no point do they know we're a physical therapist until they've even decided to do business with us. It's completely irrelevant. Yeah. No, I totally get it. So... It's one of those things I see a lot of people when I look at their websites, it's like, I did this training, that training, these are, I've got all these qualifications, X, Y, and Z, and it says nothing about what the patients are doing. I mean, right? It, it means nothing to the patient and, and it's hard for us to accept and it's hard for us to understand because again, you know, you've been through school and, and you're talking to physical therapists. And again, we just spoke about this. I firmly believe that the internet will have made, the, the fact that physical therapists can connect with each other all over the country all night long on Twitter has probably made communication within practices worse than ever because everybody's communicating with each other in that language, that tonality, which is fine mm -hmm. for us guys, we get it. But for Joe Public, Joe, 32-year-old who is a plumber, a bricklayer, a plasterer, a joiner, a housewife, a grandmother of three, she has no clue what we're doing and yeah. never has and doesn't care. She just wants to be able to sleep at night or play with her grandkids in a swing park. And if we communicate with her in that language, we like take our businesses to the moon. If we start speaking to her about pain and even I've said this before, even back pain and um, mobilizations and function and all this other crap that, that people are spouting is just ridiculous. It's like it's going straight over their heads, but it's happening because the patient's going, Oh yes, that sounds wonderful, Mister Labauer. Hmm, that's, <laughs> that sounds really good because they don't want to insult you, and they don't want to like right. they, they don't want to insult you, and they don't want to look dumb, which is the other reason that they're not they're not going to say. Uh, could you just explain that again, please, Aaron? Because I have absolutely no clue what you've just said, but I'm going to go along with it anyway, and I'll pay you a couple of <laughs> sessions, and then what I'll do from the comfort of my own home, I'll give you a call and tell you that I'm going to go in a different direction. Damn right, you're going right. to go in a different direction. To somebody like a masseuse or an acupuncturist who will talk to you in a better way. And it's not because it's mm -hmm. cheaper. It's because they're talking to you in a way that you can understand. Right. Right. So how do we, as physical therapists who are in like this like analytical zone in our heads where we have to do all this analytical stuff, how do we communicate this stuff to our patients? Like how do we, what's the best way to do that? Like, like someone on this call is just like, 
It's just like, I don't, I haven't heard this before. This is, what are they talking about? This is not true. Like, how did it, how did we get out of that analytical side and really like speak to a patient's wants, needs, and desires? Ask, listen, repeat. That's it. Yes. That's what, what's the best question to ask? What, what do you want to achieve? What's your current understanding of what a physical therapist does? What problems are you living with? What value can I bring to your life? What's stopping you from doing? And all I'm going to do in my evaluation is repeat exactly what they've told me. So you, you said to me that the number one thing that you want to achieve is X. Okay, great. Well, my treatment plan will be this, this, and this, and it's going to take us a couple of weeks. And by the end of it, you'll be on the 18th hole playing golf with your buddies. And this thing called value that the PT profession around the world keeps trying to um, tell every single one of its members that we need to add value to our patients' lives. Okay, well, start with fucking asking them what value actually means to them, not me. Not me and my big high horse with all of the names after my letters after my name or my name above a shop assuming ignorantly and arrogantly as crap what value means to you. Mrs. You know, 52-year-old in Harrisburg who is right now fearful, nervous, sceptical, got a husband chirping away saying, hey, don't go waste your money there. A work colleague saying, hey, go try chiropractic because it's cheaper and they only have to go once and they'll do this and you just get these clicks and everything's all right. Or little johnny who who is a niece or ne nephew or whatever saying hey go try acupuncturist confused as hell so if i just ask you yeah. and say hey you know have you tried physical therapy before so before i assume that you have and even if a doctor sent you to see me or a friend has referred you to see me let me just make sure that you know what i do because i guarantee right. if you ask that question they'll go no no. But I'm Maybe here anyway. But I'm here anyway. Well, why are you here? Because I really need to do something. I just don't know what. So I'm kind of taking part in this process. But I'm not all in yet until you start to ask me. But if you ask me one or two simple questions about what I want to achieve, and I tell you that I don't know what physical therapy does, and I say, hey, well, okay, I want to be able to play golf. Okay, well, what we do here at Labauer PT is uh, we help people get back on the 18th hole with less knee pain so that they can play three rounds of golf a week so that they can make it to the 19th hole and have a beer with their buddies and escape their wife for three afternoons a week. How does that sound? Well, that sounds awesome. That's what I, I do. That. That's what physical therapy <laughs> does. That's what I do. Yes. Would you like to proceed with treatment? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, let's sign you up. No. Because <laughs> that's what we do. That's what physical therapy really, really does. In in the middle of all of that, we've got these nags and snags. We've got these toolboxes of TMR, of massage, of exercise, of whatever else. But it means nothing to the patient. It means everything to us. Why wouldn't it? Because we spent 100 grand getting them. So it really means a lot to us. But it means Jack yes. to Mary. Like, she don't care. Like, yeah. I, I don't, when I, I've said this again, I don't care when I, in America, for however much of my life, which I am, when I phone home to speak to Harry, my mom, or whoever, I don't care what phone it is. I just care that it connects me to Harry. I can read him a story at eight o'clock. So I don't obsess over whether it's a, I don't even know what it is. I just know that when I press a button, it gets me to where I need to be, which is connected to Harry. And physical therapy is exactly the same. If we obsess over the physical therapy and the skills, it's the equivalent of obsessing. Like, you would never put the phone down, have it, you know, you're the other side of the country and you're ringing home to your wife and kids. You put the phone down, okay? And you don't feel amazing. You don't look at the phone and go, wow, that was so cool. Like, I'm, I'm so thankful of, like, this like this thing in my hand. Like, you know, you go, I feel so good because I've been connected to my kids. I've been right. so good because I heard their voice. They saw me. Like, they know I'm still around. They know I haven't left them. Like, that's what it's about. This thing just happened to be the thing that, that like made that happen, but none of us obsess over it. Physical therapy is no different. Right, right. It's a, you've mentioned it a lot. It's the transformation that we can provide to people. 
Can you the, tell us about like what is that? What does that mean to you? So the, the so the transformation is the thing. So a lot of physical therapists think that we're in the pain business. We're not. Like we don't get dollars for for eradicating pain. Ninety-nine out of hundred people who arrive through that practice uh, of our practices have lived with it for weeks, months, and days, and, and probably yeah, sometimes. So if all we're doing is communicating about pain, we are shoppable. Like we are basically. Picture yourself if you if you do pain. At your practice, you communicate about pain, you market about pain, you ask them how their pain is repeatedly. Picture yourself on the middle shelf of um, uh, of an aisle in Walmart where they can go buy some ibuprofen, some paracetamol, and Labour PT. Labour PT is $150 for pain relief. Ibuprofen is $7.99 for pain relief. Paracetamol is $0.99 cents for pain relief. That's why they don't want to pay for physical therapy because we're communicating with them. I'm watching Lost while I'm on my couch in San Diego in a couple of weeks' time and an advert will come on the TV and it says, hey, Ibugel, the best thing ever to get rid of pain and inflammation, just twelve ninety nine in all good stores, okay? And I'm halfway through my PT with Mr. Labawa who's charging me $150 to get rid of uh, pain and inflammation. Is it any wonder I'm not all bought in? Is it any wonder I don't want to pay in cash? <laughs> yeah Get, like, let's awesome. this is what's going yeah. on this is what's going on it's just not being spoken about and this is how this is how you and i make decisions this is how the, yeah. the consumer makes decisions so we have to speak differently i believe can't come on the tv or paris mr paracetamol advert can't come on the tv and start putting people in buckets and saying are you a 50 year old like grandmother with two kids who loves to go to the swing park in la jolla who but right now can't push little johnny on the swing because of a bad back and that's been going on for four or five months and you're frightened now that you might even lose the ability to keep looking after the grandkids the reason that you exist the reason that you live the reason that you get out of bed on the morning because you're fearful that your kids are going to look at you slowing down thinking that you can't cope with the kids so now their kids think hey we don't want to hinder you mother so we'll take the kids away from you so we'll just leave you to slow down and figure this thing out for yourself if that's you I can help you. That's what I do. I help that person. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Ibuprofen advert can't do that. Like Mr. Walmart can't do that. Nobody else is doing that. So the company that can do that, the company that can stay, like can, can get big. So my company's big now. It's a big seven-figure business, right? In, in, you know, in, in grand scheme of, of yeah. small private practices. But if you walked into my world... You would, you would just think my my mom's friends think that I own this crappy little physio clinic on the corner of Raby Road in Hartlepool. It got, it, it blows them away when they realise how big it is, yeah. and that's the way I need. And that's when I know I'm winning in business because yeah. they, it 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 just feels small. And eventually, when they start to realise how big the business is and the organisation is, when they come in for treatment, they're like, "Wow, like I didn't realise you'd gotten so big." And I'm like, "No, let's keep it that way. Please don't tell anybody. Like, let's stay as small as possible, so that I can communicate with you in such a way that nobody else can." And that's the secret to to big business these days: is like a big business chopped up into small fragments that serve small pockets of people exceptionally well, better than anybody else. And it, that yeah. applies in every single business. Yeah, awesome. I want you to tell me about uh, two things. I'm thinking. I want you to tell me about who are you serving? Like, who's your perfect patient, and how are you? 
getting that message out to them. So my perfect patient's Mary. She's 53. She has two grandkids, uh, two kids, three grandkids. She loves Pilates. She loves to go to yoga. She likes a coffee. She likes to walk. She values her health. She works part-time. Her husband has a full-time job. He earns 100 grand a year. They live in a nice home, like two or three mile out of the town. Like she is active. She values health and doesn't want to rely upon painkillers. She's got her parents who are in her 70s who are slowing down. One of them's in a wheelchair and she's looking at them thinking, that's me next and I don't want to be there next. So she's going to do anything and everything she can to to protect that independence and mobility. Yeah. Okay, not, not absolve herself from pain, protect herself from independence and mobility. Now that is my perfect patient, okay? Everybody in business needs to know that their version, whether that's Johnny age 27 who likes to go to Iron Tribe Fitness, he's there three hours a day, he's taking every supplement they can, he gets confidence because he looks great and he feels good, that means he gets the girls, the guys think he looks great in the new shirt, whatever. You have to be able to articulate your guy like that. And if you can't, mm-hmm. marketing will never work for you. So I can find Mary now, and I know where Mary is. She's in the 93% of people that you know that the people have probably heard me speak about who are being neglected, overlooked, and underserved. She's not in the 7% of people who are being given referrals to doc by doctors, and, and given the, it, it, like get rid of the word referral and replace it with certainty because that's all a doctor does. A doctor doesn't write a script for re- for a referral. He writes a script of certainty, which means that that patient doesn't have to make a decision about what to do next. The frightening mm-hmm. thing is there are 93% of people, and it's a study proven done, Fritz and Child, 93% of people walk into their clinic, uh, the local doctors today with low back pain, not given a referral, despite the evidence suggesting that, that if they were, care and treatment time and costs would be down. So physical therapists have two options. You go fight it out for the 7%, or you go learn how to talk to the 93 And if you do, you win the league because you're in the league of your own like there's only you doing it so i talk to mary through facebook because i know she's on there like my mother's obsessed with facebook 55 my mom i think she is now she's, yeah, she's your mom's lived. your perfect patient she's absolutely <laughs> and she she's like i'm sick of seeing your ad i'm like i know because you're my perfect patient you've had two hip replacements right. you've had spinal surgery she's had every ailment under the sun like she's like i seen your ad on instagram the other day you follow me i'm like yes like because when i set this demographic up it's you like you're the one who I want, like, I want your money. Like, I want to help you. I want you in the business type of thing. So she's my perfect patient. So she sees my ads everywhere. So I know she's on Facebook. I know that because she's 55, she's still in that transition of reading newspapers. So when my mother goes to my grandmother's house every day, which she does, my mother doesn't buy a paper anymore, but she reads it in my grandmother's house every day massive massive difference so when you read all the bullshit that says nobody's buying newspapers anymore and all that like be very very careful of accepting that without studying the behavior so i went to a um and i'll put it in the context i went to a, a clinic owner in just outside um of orange county it'll come to me as i speak and we we went out for dinner and i said oh if i was you i'd start to use newspapers she says, nobody nobody reads the newspapers anymore i was like okay hang on and I looked around. I looked around. It was like a Mexican-y informal type thing. I looked around the restaurant, and there were six guys, like all sat there like this. I was like, "Nobody reads the papers anymore." So just be careful what you say without being informed about it. Because is that guy your patient? He went, "Well, well, actually, he is." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." So your patients don't read the newspapers anymore. Be very careful. Mine does. So fifty-five. Yeah, she might not buy the newspaper, 
but she still has a habit of reading it somewhere at work in an office where she goes somewhere because that's what she's always done so 55 plus are still reading newspapers 65 plus are reading them every single day of their life and will do till the day they die like because it's a habit mm-hmm. it's where they find the news even if they get the news they want to reread the news it's a social thing they, they, they take some time sit on the couch and read it so i can find mine on newspapers i can find her in uh, facebook i can find her all over social media she's definitely on youtube now because it's cool and you know they can get access to to that type of thing uh, i can find her using google adwords because i know that if she's got a problem she's not going looking for my services but she's asking a question that says how do i end back pain so if I, if I want to be there, I need to bid on that keyword on Google, which I can do. I can bring them to my website. She's not looking for physical therapy, so I don't sell her on physical therapy. I give her information that starts a relationship with me and leads to her becoming a patient of a physical therapy clinic, but getting the solution that, that she wants. So that's another way I can get her. I can postcard it. I can do community events. Again, if I'm going doing community events, I'm not going as a physical therapist because I know that 500 people at a coffee morning on a Saturday morning do not want to be uh, pestered by a physical therapist. But I also know that 500 people at that coffee morning or that community event, 400 of them will have or are and are likely to suffer with low back pain. So I go as a back pain expert giving free information to help people make better decisions of which yeah. I'm much more likely to get people coming to me rather than leaving the stall at the end thinking, oh, well, I went there, but nobody was interested. Well, of course they're not because physical therapy is the most boringest thing on the planet to everybody except us. <laughs> right. So I'm just, <laughs> all I'm doing is just studying human behavior and, and yeah. using what I'm, what I know. I know Mary better than she knows herself. I know that my, my perfect patient better than she knows herself. And I'm taking everything that I know about her, both externally, internally, and philosophically, as how she thinks, to take that, put it into marketing, and have her, when it lands in front of her on Facebook, think, just like my mother says, like, are you, are you following me? Like, are you doing this on purpose? It's like, yes, I am. So yeah. that's, that's, yeah. that's what I'm doing all day long. You mentioned something the other day, or I was listening to your podcast, and it was like, it was about how, how you're using your pay, perfect patient to hire new people. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Like, how are you using Mary to hire to, to hire a new staff member? Yeah. So when I do any interview now, I, it, it isn't you don't get the job based upon your CV. It's now in my world is is Mary going to fall in love with you? Like, are you lovable by Mary? So when Mary walks into my practice, are you going to be able to brighten her day? And is she going to connect with you in such a way? that um she she cannot wait to come back here because if you can't i don't care how good your reception skills are how good your phone skills are how many years experience you've got it means nothing to mary like she doesn't care so even my hiring and firing decisions are done on the basis of first and foremost so we'll have two like almost a two-stage interview which vicky my my manageress would do and she'll just come back and say yes or no and all that means is mary will connect and if mary will connect we'll talk like then i'll step in so, so I'm judging everything, um, everything on that, and I have a very interesting uh, equation, if you like, on how I select. So Mary's obviously fifty plus, sixty plus, seventy now in my in my practice coming through the doors because those guys are being more active and there's more money around at that level in the in the boomer baby boomer. There's money around everywhere, but those guys have got it on there, you know, because their mortgage is gone and kids are gone or whatever. So, yeah. when I'm um, when I'm thinking of it, I'm looking for an employee probably in their tw- early twenties who is full of energy, full of life, full of just this carefree kind of attitude that Mary once had because it reminds Mary of herself. And secondly, it reminds Mary of Mary's grandkids. 
So when Vicky, Rachel, Jess, whoever it is in their early 20s is full of life, carefree, just wonderful, like everything's happy, everything's positive, they don't care about recessions and like tax hikes and all this crap that's going on. Mary has an escapism when she comes to my practice now because Jess, Rachel, whoever has that mm-hmm. energy about life. It's not somewhere in the middle. So Mary connects with that that age group perfectly well. Again, all thought out, all strategic, all comes from understanding who my patient is inside and out. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. I was thinking, I was listening to Adam was your podcast and uh, I was listening, I was like, yes, that's it. You know, that's because I'm hiring someone right now. And it's just like, I was like, that's that's that decision. And I and I found someone who I'm pretty sure is going to do that. And um, I'm really excited and I was just doing some training with her yesterday. And I was like, this is what Paul is talking about. And it's, uh, yeah, exactly. And I just wanted to make sure everyone got that because it's not just about the patients. You know, it's not about attracting patients. It, tra- it sounds like it's attracting everything that you want in your life is focused around this kind of idea and goal of like, who's your perfect patient and what's my mission? And where are you going? Is that, does that sound like what? hundred percent. Every problem that every business owner has comes from his inability to understand who his customer is internally, externally, yeah. internally, and philosophically. And what that means externally, 99.9% of people communicate with their customers externally, all about back pain or physical therapy. I, if you notice what I do, I communicate internally. So I communicate on skepticism, nervousness, fear, doubt, resentment, even a little bit of anger. There's a crap load of resentment in both of our countries right now because your co-pay is higher than ever, right? Your monthly payments are higher than ever and they ain't going down. And your Mr. Customer now realizes that his co-pay is higher, his out-of-network costs are higher, and his monthly premium is higher because he's paying for some other sods healthcare like yeah that's the that's what that's what's going on inside it's happening here in britain so when they come and see me and i, I say hey 150 dollars a session don't think for one second that my customer isn't going <clears throat> well i've already paid my taxes and they just got hiked last year as well to pay for all the benefits the houses everybody to get like everything for nothing etc so that's the philosophical level so when you communicate both internally and yeah. in your marketing if you communicate externally, you lose. If you communicate externally, internally, you'll win. If you can communicate externally, internally, and philosophically, you smash the ball out of the park for like the biggest home run that's ever been like hit ever. Yeah. Give us an example of an internal and external communication to a patient who, may, you know, is maybe skeptical about paying you guys a hundred pounds. So, so if I just went down externally, it would be, uh, "Hey, Aaron, um, you know, I've done your evaluation today." and um, you have uh, sciatica, and it's going to take me uh, two visits a week, and I need $150 for every one for you to come and see me. Yeah. Standard, right? That's what everyone does. Yeah. Seen it. I've been, in, I've been in clinics in about 15 different states in the US in the last 18 months. As you know, I travel everywhere. I make a point of going to work with my clients. I get on the ground floor with them. I watch their evaluations. I listen to their communication, and I come back, and at the end of the day, I just sit there and go, like, you know that secretary that you told me that was good? Like, she's gone. If if it's like if I'm having if you're asking me for your thing, she needs to ship up or, or ship up or ship out. Like one of the two. Because she's costing you a fortune. She's speaking to everybody on an external level. So an internal level would be, um, hey, um, hey Aaron, so I listened to you I, I've listened to everything that you said and you told me that you love to, to ride bikes. And one of the things that, that is happening to you right now is that you can't ride this like bike that you love to, to, to do, you know, all around Europe, which you've got your hopes and dreams on next summer. You can't get on that bike for uh, more than 12 20 minutes 
And I also know that you're a little bit sceptical about coming to see us. And I'm also 100% aware that you have this thing called a free healthcare system that, you know, you, you don't have to pay. However, based upon everything that you've told me today, I'm 100% certain that I can help you. In fact, I've seen your story before. In fact, I had a guy in from Belgium just a couple of weeks ago who was telling me all about this you know, problem he was having with his ankle and he couldn't ride his bike either. Anyway, a couple of sessions later, you know, we've seen, seen him probably now six or seven times and his ankle's fine, he's back on his bike and, and I think he actually won the last ride that he, that, that he was on. So anyway, based upon all that, you know, if you want to get back on your bike, then I, I like I need to you to come down here for for once or twice a week for the next two or three weeks. Oh yeah. External, yes. internal, and philosophical. Yeah. In in the in the awesome. process. So if I if I've done my my marketing right and the, and they've responded to an ad, I need to find out what they've responded to. So there's something in that ad that that moved them. Of 600 words in my newspaper ad, there will be 10 words in an order that cause them to pick up the phone. I need to find out what those 10 words were, collectively what they mean. So it could be independence, it could be mobility, it could be avoiding surgery, it could be avoiding painkillers. And once I find out what that was, because they're not responding for physical therapy because they don't even know I am one. I'm a back pain expert in all of my, mm-hmm. my ads. They call the clinic, we find out what that is, and we continue to communicate with them about that till the day they leave the practice. The moment I start talking about physical therapy and back pain, I've lost them. Yeah. Yeah. The people are coming for so much more than that. And they have a lot of other choices. Yes. There when yeah. and again, you, what what what's hard for a lot of people on this call, and I'm sure like a few people are like, what the hell is this? Like but the thing to understand is is the the traditional model of physical therapy as existed from doctors signing a script and sending a patient out. Sending a patient out to a physical therapy clinic who back then there was no copay, very little deductible, and it was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go along with it. I don't really know what the hell's going on, but I've paid for this through my insurance anyway. I might as well have it. Right. Sound familiar? Now, oh, now I have to contribute a bit more, and I don't understand what this thing is. Nah, like I, it baffles me that business owners think that this was never going to be a problem. And, and, and it baffles me even more that they think that it's a recession or they've got no money. It's absolute crap. Like it's yeah. because you're still running a business the same way that the consumer was 10 years ago. The consumer is completely changed now and there is no certainty anymore in the relationship. The um the, the price and the, and the contribution is increased significantly therefore they expect more they expect it mm-hmm. um and, and the, the ironic thing about the whole thing is we don't have to actually give them more we just have to communicate them with it with them in a way that makes them feel more from the get-go yes yes that's exactly um why i said earlier there's no value in physical therapy <laughs> you know physical therapy doesn't have a value that's my one of my ci's told me early on no one's going to pay more than their copay for physical therapy they they, they also the like not. The, the big the big problem or like one of many problems one is that nobody understands what we do um so they can't yeah. they can't pay for that but but secondly understand this there's no bags of stuff so if i go to walmart today and spend 200 dollars, they walk out with a big bag of stuff and a huge shopping trolley instant gratification I'm, I'm like getting my feed on the way home like i'm putting my hand in the boot to get the chocolate out the cookies the crisps i'm getting a return on my investment very quickly and i can see what i got for my money that's consumerism so again, yeah. 10 years ago, when I went to see a physical therapy clinic, I wasn't really involved in the process because it was such little outlay for me. Yeah, I was paying monthly in the same way that we are taxes, but I didn't feel that and I just accepted that as the norm because my parents paid it, everybody else paid it and like I had to pay it. So I'll kind of go along with the process. But now, 
I've handed the credit card over, I've put the, five, the four digits in, money's left my account, and there's no bags of stuff. So the guy who tells you he's got no money, it's not that he's got no money, because he's on Amazon tonight ordering a new TV, which he knows when, he's, when, he, when he puts the digits in and the security code, and he presses yes. confirm order, tomorrow there's a 42-inch plasma on his, on his wall, and he's watching NCIS or Lost. Guaranteed. Yep. Pleasure. Yes. Not not in our world. So we have to like we have to recognize that and we have to load that up in the beginning of the relationship so that when mm-hmm. they do arrive, they feel it and they understand what they're paying for. And I, I know without any hesitation, if you do that right, money issues go away. Like there's no such eight out of ten people can afford every if your sessions were three hundred dollars, people they can afford it. Because there's this wonderful thing called a credit card that we put everything on now. Like that's how we get through life. To the right. things well, that give us pleasure. It's kind of like if you ask someone, you know, what how much is it worth to you to play with your kids again? <laughs> right? Well now you've asked, well, like my house. Right. Yeah. 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 How much is it worth to, you know, take care of your spouse? Um you know, play, you know, play professional ball or whatever it is, that's a, that's irrespective of the physical therapy thing. It's like getting to that person's motivation. Um, what are some of the things that you ask, um, you know, like what are some of the ways that you ask patients to get to that information? Cause it's not always easy. What you, know? what you have to be prepared for is again, it goes back to understanding them. So if, if my, one of my physios would say, um, if I can solve this problem for you in the next few days, what value will, would it bring to your life? And the, and the patient will go, huh? Like what sort of a question is that? And that's kind of how it feels, but it isn't because the patient will for a second or two have to actually think because you've asked him a question that nobody else has ever asked him, which is the number one reason yeah. to ask it. Or if we say, um, hey, so what, you know, what, what brings you to see me today? Like, how can I help? Stop. Well, I've got back pain. Oh, yeah, yeah, back pain. Well, you know, a lot of people that I see um, in my clinic have back pain, but that's not the number one reason that they really come. It's usually that the back pain is stopping them from doing something. So it could be golf, it could be running, it could be walking, it could be playing, playing with grandkids. And then the patient will go, oh, oh, well, now you've put it like that. Well, um, what, it, what it is is that I can't do X, Y, and Z. Oh, so that's yeah. the real reason that you're here. So now this is not about pain, Mr. Smith, is it? No, no, no. Okay, that's why when the pain stops at three and four sessions because I've worked my magic, my patients still come. And they don't ring up and go, the pain's gone, so I don't think I need to come anymore. Because we've communicated them in such a way from the marketing, from Facebook, from newspaper ads, from postcards, all about the thing. Because I know what the thing is. Independence, lifetime dependency upon pills, avoiding surgery, and finding out what's wrong. So I can take those four buckets and, and, and like again, I'll find out which one it is when they call and I'll communicate with them on that forever in a day. And that's why they, they, they follow through and pay. Yeah. So yeah, that's- free system is doing physical therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm helping people stay off pills, avoid surgery, maintain independence and mobility and to put their mind at ease with telling them exactly what's wrong. Yeah, that's great. And that's very different than anything we've ever been taught in PT school or you know, a lot, even a lot of marketing is, you know, it's just like put up your sign that says, well, our physical therapy. We're great. Choose us. You know, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> like, yeah, we all are. We all are because we all look around at other business owners and like, look, you, you know me, Aaron, I'm obsessed with this stuff. Like I, I live, eat, like breathe it. Like it's just like, it consumes my whole life. Right. And there's not many lecturers in school who are going to do that. Like, yeah. so I, I, I figured out this stuff over however many years period 
literally hundreds of thousands of dollars figuring it out you know i'm always flying and doing masterminds and events and coaching and reading books and blah 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 so like no no pt like instructor in the world is ever going to know this stuff ever and they've never been in businesses so how are they going to how are they going to pass it on you know so a lot of the stuff that, that you're getting taught sets you up for a model that isn't represent um isn't showcasing what you are going to go in as a solo cash business owner and that's mm-hmm. not that's not their job i i don't believe that it is their job right. is to go there's the you know physical biomechanical it's how the body breaks down it's how you fix it now you go and learn the rest that's the mm-hmm. real that's the real con ed yeah yeah you know um let's see we've got a few minutes left i just want to let everyone know like Paul, I, we've got some time for some questions. If you have any questions for Paul today, um, I, Paul, I got a few more questions. And, yeah, I can't. Um, I can't mentioned... see the chat, but if um, okay. obviously you'll have to you'll have to read them to me. Yeah, I'll read them to you. Um, if uh, you know, you you had mentioned you've mentioned before um, about the flatline or you know why clinics fail. Like, what's the? Can you just tell us briefly what's the flatline and and why is it that um, a lot of clinics when they start up or PTs when they start up, they fail to get off the ground and get going? Yeah, so flatline is where you exhaust all of the people in town who know enough about physical therapy to confidently pay for it. Yeah. So the first two years of a solo practitioner's life usually resembles they're hustling, they're in front of people, they're doing the unscalable work, which is community events, asking friends and family for referrals. They get one or two people through the door. Those people um, naturally tell one or two people because the care that they got was so like amazing. And why wouldn't it be? Because they only had two people to look after that week. So, so that's the um, that's the number of people who confidently say yes. Yeah, confidently understand what a physical therapy clinic does to say yes that's the flat line and what happens usually after about two years that guy that that girl has exhausted all of the people the seven percent if you like who are looking for a physical therapist because they've heard about one they've taught being told by a doctor yada yada they exhaust those people and most people spend their entire life in a flat line from like two years out of business i was one and what happens mm-hmm. the needle drops slightly so you hustle you get back for the community event you get back at the end of a 5k race you get back in front of whoever it was your best referring because you, you haven't seen them for six months and you get a little bump and the, and the spike goes back up and then three months later it drops back down and all the time what's happening is it's fluctuating from like anywhere between 25 to 27 and 22 and it's like for two years, five years, ten years. Well, we you know we did all right, and we started well, and we got to twenty five visits a week. But we just don't matter what we do; we can't get past it. That's because you're yeah. talking to and marketing to the small number of people who know what a physical therapy clinic does. And the key thing to understand is to confidently hand over one hundred and fifty dollars in cash, fifty dollar copay, however many dollars in deductible i know most people on here are cash so with you guys it's even and me it's even more that we have to build confidence into that that relationship so that's that's the flat line most businesses exist in it forever after about two years mm-hmm. what's the number one thing someone can do to get beyond that you know it, to to get past that flat line yeah so if you if you think you're focusing on the seven it, it and that's what everybody in the world does go focus on the 93 and communicate with the 93 in a way that they can, um, that you can prove to them upfront that you can solve their problem, and it will be just happen to be physical therapy that you will use to solve the problem. So you're not leading with physical therapy. So in my case, it's um, are you worried about relying? Have you got back pain? And are you wor- worried about relying upon pills for the rest of your life? Yes. Okay. I'm your man. I just happen to be a physical therapist. Are you a 32-year-old CrossFit athlete who has got a shoulder problem and has for three months, who thinks it's his form because everybody else around him is telling him it's his form, 
but maybe suffering with supraspinatus tendonitis. If so, I'm your guy. Yeah. What's the so tell me so I know I know a lot about you and, your, and what you're doing, but and you use systems. So you like systematize or systemize. You know, uh, you like you rocket ship. You're 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 selling through this automation. What's um, tell us real quick, like what's the most simple automation that you use that's the most effective? Email. You know, like what's what's the thing like? Yeah, Easy. email. Not even for debate. Email. Like anybody you tell. I I I went to a car. I'd spoke at a, a physical therapy conference a few months ago, and um, there was like some debate over like social media and email marketing and all this stuff. And a few people were like, hey, it doesn't work anymore. Just like nobody reads newspapers anymore. It's like, yeah, yeah, good one. So I I got up right at the end of the like three days and I said, oh, hey, so can I just have a show of hands? Who um who doesn't think that the who thinks that email marketing's a waste of time? And like ninety five of them went me. I was like, hey, can you just let me know who bought your ticket for this conference through an email? And they all went. <gasps> right says so like listen like let's stop the bullshit again like if you're gonna say something and you're gonna make a decision on it let's figure out it first so email marketing works if you do it right because i'm not sending emails that are hey book an appointment i'm sending an email that says hey john uh, i just wanted to let you know if you are uh, suffering with back pain and you're worried about taking pills then i have some information that i have to help you if you just continue to read one or two of my emails i'm sure you're going to find something informative and helpful and might help you sleep at night you know might put some uh, peace of mind yada yada so those emails are getting open but not an email that says, I'm a wonderful physical therapist. I'm the best ever. I've written a book and I'm a, you know, ex-professional soccer physical therapist. And you should definitely come and see me. And I've moved out of network and I'm cashing. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm not going to reply. I'm not even going to open that after email number one. So email marketing is the best way ever. Um, how are everybody on this call? How is everybody yeah. on this call? Email. Because, you people not because email, because yeah, of the email. relationship that you've built through email, Aaron. Like that's let's get yeah. it right because people yeah. trust you. You've communicated with them in such a way that they can resonate with your story because they have a similar story. You've told times of your challenges and your struggles and your wins, stuff that's going on in your life, and you've just happened to use email to do that. Right. In the same way that we exactly. just happen to use physical therapy to get people to walk further. Like everywhere we look around the world, the same thing is happening, and us business owners are being influenced and impacted in certain ways. And then we go to work the next day, we, we, we open the door of our clinic, and we stop being the guy. We start acting differently than the, the guy that's been influenced ourselves because we think, oh, our business is different. Well, we're a cash PT. Nobody's going to do that. We're cash PTs. Nobody reads emails. We're cash PT. Get like, if you're going to live like that, you'll like, your whole life will just be absolutely torturous know the word so figure out yeah. how you're being impacted and just put it into your business yeah awesome i love that so what's next for paul golf uh tonight changing nappies <laughs> yeah <laughs> new little boy in the house I, yeah thank you i have an eight, 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 eight day old baby in the house yeah. uh as of yeah last tuesday uh, tobias came into my life so i have a beautiful uh, little boy named harry who has been to more states in america than most americans he's two and a half he's been every east coast west coast phoenix san fran new york like he's been everywhere australia twice that that was what i wanted to, to build a business for so i could travel with my kids so yeah. um but what's next in my life uh business yeah i, lo I love business and continue to to invest and, and engross myself in this stuff and, and continue to share what I know with business owners, to travel, to meet business owners, and um, to impact this community uh, worldwide as, as best as I 
possibly can in the in the fastest way. I'm very direct and very blunt for a reason, because my sole goal is is not to be liked. It's to help people to be successful as fast as is possible. And and, and I'm you know very aware that my style is is that way. So if it's you know people take it the wrong way or whatever, then again I don't really care because I'm yeah. not here to be liked. I'm here to help you be successful and give you all of this information to to you as fast as possible. It makes you very likable. You're honest. You're you're truthful, and you're like. What uh, what they call it? you're genuine. So you know, I mean, it's thank you. It, it, I I love what I do. I I love what I do, and um, I I know that we are in an industry where there's so many kind of false truths and half like this, that, and this. It's just I'm desperate to be somebody, and you know, like yourself and Jared and all these just amazing people that just come in and go, no, like this is the truth. Like just do this. Don't question it. Just get on with it, and you'll you like you'll be fine. Like, and there's no ulterior motive other than to serve and yeah absolutely you know we all want our own little piece of success and and damn right that's the way it should be but we're going to do it in a way that helps people um to grow more successful businesses and what i love about that and i I said this to jared carter recently i don't know if i said it to you don't ever forget what we do as physical therapists so if we figure out marketing we impact more people and and our impact improves health that's Mm -hmm. the bottom line if there's ever a justification for getting better at marketing, changing your communication, figuring out a few little you know, alterations to the way that you do business today, the pain of it equals a shitload of pleasure for a lot of patients. Yeah. And that equals a lot, yeah. of, a lot of great health. And that equals a lot of happy families, a lot of less worried kids, a lot of more playful grandkids who can play in swing packs. That's what I, I live in and, and die by every single day of my business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. That's one of the reasons I'm multiplying and trying to help other people is because I can only impact 25 to 30 people on my own. Absolutely. But yeah. if I can help someone else start a practice or make a decision to come see another physical therapist in my practice, we can get you know 60 more people All or a thousand more people. Somebody said to me, don't you miss the impact that you have as a physical, as a, as a therapist? I was like, what? So the impact that I had when I was a solo guy treating 60 patients a week versus the impact I have as a business owner impacting 500 patients a week. Let that yeah. digest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just want to let you all know that um, Paul shared with us, he's got a, uh, a free download that I've loaded up on your screen. Um, you can click on the link, it's free. And it's his um, blueprint, it's an accelerator method blueprint, it goes into more detail about uh, some of the things we've talked about today. Um, and uh, it's, like I said, it's yours free, no viruses. No sp- and, uh, but Paul, tell us a little bit about um, where can people find you um, if they want to connect with you on yeah. Twitter, online, so tell ev- us where your website is. Everything's um, Paul Goff. So I've got a training organization called ptprofitacademy.com. So people can go there. Uh, I've got some free information there. My own website, which is kind of more my YouTube. I've got a YouTube show. I have a podcast. I put out regular blogs. Go to paulgoff.com for that. Uh, P-A-U-L-G-O-U-G-H. I have uh, an Irish heritage. It's an Irish name. G-O-U-G-H, paulgoff.com. Uh, you can find my podcast on iTunes. It's the Physical Therapy Business School podcast. Uh, and it's a podcast dedicated to helping great physical therapists become successful business owners. So I'm, I'm big on business and, and helping people who are, solo practitioners 15 to 20 visits a week you know 5 10 15 20 visits a week get to being an established business owner where potentially hiring more staff opening out new locations because that's what i that's what i've done so i know that journey to um seven figure business with four locations 15 staff i've made every mistake i've you know hopefully rectified a few of them along the way and um i'm very qualified to be able to help that guy you know on that journey from that path uh up towards kind of four and five um 
clinics and, and 2,000 visits a month. After that, it might be somebody else. You know, I have to learn from somebody. So, yeah, that's what I do, and that's where people can find me. Paul at Paul. Uh, Paul at polgoff.com is my email and all over Twitter and Facebook, just um, hashtag or whatever the thing is called. It's the Paul Goff, the Paul Goff. The ampersand. Yeah. Like I have a, is, yeah. is it called something else in the UK? I, know, I haven't like, got a clue what it's like called. <laughs> just basically put slash the Paul Goff on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook and Twitter and you'll, you'll find me. Beautiful. Awesome. Um, any parting thoughts? Uh, thank you. I, I just, I'm on it and you know, the, 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 what I love about like you guys, um, and I, and I mean that respectfully, America as a, as a whole as a country, like you're so welcoming to people that have something to contribute and and offer, and I am like incredibly grateful to yourself and Jared and and people that have given me an opportunity in the early phase to share what I know because my biggest fear was I had all this information and like I might not get a chance to um to share it so. Thank you for for having me and um, an Englishman who's making his way in in, uh, in in America. You know, it's a big thing for me. So I uh, I thank you like sincerely from the bottom of my heart and um, for everybody taking the time to um, to listen to what I have to say today. I hope it I hope you got something from it that lifts you, impacts you, lets you see what's possible for yourself. Because if I can do that, if I can help you to see what's possible, the rest is easy. Oh, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Physical Therapy Business School podcast. If you want to advance your business education even faster, then simply head over to callgoff.com where there are instant access PDF reports and online trainings that you can have from us for free. You can take our free report, the seven things that PT School forgot to teach you about becoming a successful business owner, and the online tutorial, how to generate 20 new patients in the next 30 days without a single referral from a doctor. Both of these free trainings will give you more guidance, clarity and the essential skills to help you grow a more successful physical therapy business starting today. Find out the critical things that Paul's learned from growing his very own private physical therapy business and from helping other business owners from all across America, in Britain, Canada and Australia. As valued listeners, we want to give you this training for free. All you have to do is head over to paulgoff.com, that's P-A-U-L-G-O-U-G-H dot com to collect them. We'll see you again next week for another episode of Paul Goff's Physical Therapy Business School podcast. And until then, have a fabulous week.